0: How much longer are we going to wander through this tunnel in the dark? Captain Tarkin, haven't you learned to trust me by now? You may have earned my trust, General Skywalker.
1: But my faith in your comrades is still lacking.
0: You lack faith in the Jedi?
2: I find their tactics ineffective. The Jedi code prevents them from going far enough to achieve victory. To do whatever it takes to win. The very reason why
1: peacekeepers should not be leading a war. Have I
0: offended you? No. I've also found that we sometimes fall short of victory because of our methods. Well, I see we agree on something.
2: It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your host! And Robbie on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the Clone Army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the Droid Army of the Evil Separatists! So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to send in the clones! In this episode! After breaking Master Even PL out of the Citadel, our heroes are on the run until Obi Wan's team is captured by the dastardly Warden Nosey Sobek! Put the escape to rejoin with Anakin's team and send out the call for help to the Jedi Temple.
0: Hey, troops, it's your old buddy, Bucho, on my first ever watch of the Clone Wars, next to me in the dropship on his third ever watch of the Clone Wars. He's the echo to my fives. It's your trusty pal, Robbie. Hi, everyone. And we are going to talk about the 63rd episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology written by Matt McNevitz and directed by Brian Kalen O'Connell season three episode 19 counter-attack so robbie how about we get the show on the road with you letting us know what you remembered about this episode before you rewatched it again this week i gotta be honest
1: there's there wasn't a whole lot of specific things that i remembered from this episode but one of the things that does come up throughout this whole arc is the idea that Tarkin has some different views on the way the Jedi are yeah. uh, should yep. be doing things and uh, Anakin agrees with them so that's one of the things that I remembered specifically from all of these episodes and it was one of the things that I was kind of looking forward to listening to again but uh, there's just a lot of action going on so it's not one of those where it's a uh, super like plot heavy or character heavy, you know, as far as like learning things about the characters, so so yeah, there was just not a whole lot that I remembered specifically, but it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, the most striking thing from the episode is seeing that Tarkin and Anakin are kind of kindred spirits in some way. And I think the first moment we see a hint of that is when Tarkin admires the prison itself and he laments that it's not in Republic hands. And Anakin agrees and gets a side eye from Ahsoka. So part of the fun of this relationship between Tarkin and Anakin is that Ahsoka's is sort of looking from the side going, yeah, I don't know about that. And of course, there's the even more striking Uh, where Anakin tells Tarkin you lack faith in the Jedi and Tarkin replies I find their tactics ineffective the Jedi code prevents them from going far enough to achieve victory to do whatever it takes to win the very reason why peacekeepers should not be leading the war and Anakin says he agrees he feels that they sometimes fall short of victory because of their methods and so that is the thing that I will I'm sure that will stick with me from this episode and I mean I've brought it up before with regard to you lauren but you can't help but think ahead to a new hope when you watch these two interacting like this right
1: well i mean yeah i think that was the fun of from a lucasfilm point of view too is is that they wanted to you know explore that relationship when you watch the original trilogy that's one of the things that sticks out especially when you when you see the whole thing is that tarkin is really the only one besides the emperor that Vader listens to and takes orders from. And it could have just been a, you know, a limitation of the way that Lucas viewed Vader in A New Hope, that he wasn't sure he was going to make him this huge, you know, overarching character. He was just really the big bad guy. But uh, it's just interesting to view Tarkin in that way and to see why there's that respect there. And this is the beginning of it. So it's cool to see that relationship sort of form from a... uh, From an agreement on uh on yeah the way the jedi do things it's just it's weird but it's cool it's good it's a cool thing to see
0: and speaking of relationships that are cool to see robbie at one point tarkin tells rex that he's concerned that the jedi have elected a child to take point position on the escape and of course rex is all don't worry about it, sir. I've served with her a whole bunch and she's solid as a rock. or words to that effect. And so anytime Rex has Ahsoka's back or Ahsoka has Rex's back, I mean, you got to be a fan of that relationship too, right?
1: Oh, yeah. And it's one of those things where, to me, it harkens back to, well, or harkens forward, I guess, to the way that Tarkin treats Leia, you know, because Leia's really, she's, what, 18 in the New Hope. Right. It kind of recalls that same sort of uh, mistrust and this sort of, uh, well, just how he views them. You know, so I really love that kind of stuff. In fact, I, it was one of those things that I really enjoy seeing is how characters like Ahsoka, who are not in the original trilogy, how they interact with some of those characters. You know, so it was uh, it was fun. And it's kind of the thing that, that you've brought up many times is, is when you have, you know, characters discussing other characters, it just makes for an interesting time.
0: Yeah, it's always fun to get that uh, certain point of view from other characters, and speaking of characters that are in the original trilogy, we've talked a couple of times, at least, about the little touches we've noticed in the Clone Wars that have also turned up as story beats in the sequel trilogy, actually. Kind of the mirror version of how the Clone Wars gives us a ton of nods to things that happened in the first six films of the saga, and I think the first one was the bloody handprint on the trooper armor, which of course marks out a boy Echo, and which also marked out a boy Finn in The Force Awakens. But here in Counter-Attack, we get a Rogue One moment when one of our 2s droids, who are pretending to hold him prisoner, he roughs R2 up a little bit, yeah. just like when K2SO roughed up Cassian when they were pretending Cassian was a prisoner in Rogue One. So how do you like that moment, Robbie? And how fun is it to be able to really root for these battle droids for the first time ever when we see them in the battle later fighting alongside our heroes?
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed that too. And it's just interesting to see how... I guess how R2 treats them is kind of fun, too, because I like it how the, when the door closes, R2 like runs into him like, what was up with that, yeah. you know? Uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed that whole thing. I mean, and it's cool to see R2 get not just a supporting role, but, you know, like you said, you he's basically commanding these battle droids, which is really, really kind of
0: cool to see. Yep, Commander R2 is a ton of fun, Robbie. And speaking of commanders, Warden, Aussie Sobek, Commander Sobek, he shows he's not messing around in this episode. He calls Master PL's bluff about the clone troopers being prepared to die for the war effort. He just straight up executes one of Obi-Wan's squad without any hesitation at all. And there's what's sort of striking about that scene is there's not a whole lot of response from Obi-Wan and the other troops. I mean, not that you would expect it, but it's just one of those... It's a cold moment, man. But one of the fun aspects of Warden Sobek's character is that he's kind of scared to have to report to Dooku in the same way that we think of some of Vader's underlings giving the big gulp in, the, in Adam's apple any time they had to report to Vader. So this relationship between Sobek and Dooku, I thought that was kind of fun too. Robbie, how did you like that? I I really like
1: it. I mean, it's one of those things where with Sobek, he's not as important to the effort as the others. So he feels like he has to constantly prove himself and, and prove his worth to Dooku, so it's kind of cool to see that. It's almost like um, a new person working at a place and he's just trying to constantly impress the bigwig, you know what I mean? Sure. And it was cool to see, it, it was cool to see that dynamic and to see Dooku be so imposing. You know, I mean, of course he's imposing to Grievous and and even, even was to Ventress for a long time too, but they never reacted the way that, that Sobek does. I mean, he's, he's, he's very uh It's just—it's neat to see that dynamic and to see Dooku so imposing.
0: And speaking of imposing, Robbie, that gun emplacement in the battle near the end, that's the gun emplacement that Echo goes after, and Echo goes out in this one, Robbie. He takes out that gun emplacement, but like his old pal Heavy, he gives his own life to make sure the rest of the team can try to complete the mission. Unfortunately, they don't complete the mission because they lose the ship as well, and... Part of me was wondering why he ran onto the ship because it's kind of drew it kind of drew the gunfire toward the ship, but you know that's tough man, so now there's only one left from Domino Squad when the episode kind of finishes on fives looking back and it's uh it's a tough moment. Yeah, and that
1: was one of those things where it didn't play very well for me. It was kind of like, oh, I guess we need to get rid of Echo. I mean it was it was weird because it it just seemed like you said it was, seemed like well, number one, it seems strange that once the droids and and everyone realized that they were going after the shuttle right it seems like they should have been the the first priorities to blow up that shuttle sure number one to prevent them from leaving two as you said, he drew the fire from i I just don't I don't know it seemed one of those things where it was like, well, we got to take out echo here, so how do we do it?' Oh, let's make him go over, and and then it also destroys the shuttle. It just seemed a very strange thing there. And, I mean, I hesitate to say that it's not worthy of Echo, because it's not like Echo has been super important to the Clone Wars as a whole, but it still seemed like he should have had a better way to go out. Sure. A more heroic way to go out. Instead of, well, that was... That happened. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm being too critical or not, but...
0: No, I get what you're saying. I've had the same thing, you know, and so the... It wasn't until Fives at the end, we see Fives look back, that it that sort of hit me a little bit, you know, because yeah. the moment itself was, like you said, it was a little, little confusing what was going on, why both sides were making the decisions they were making, you know?
1: Yeah. I want those big heroic moments, but as we've seen in, and as, gosh, many people have seen, you know, in an actual war, sometimes, you know, people die in the, uh, in the most ridiculous ways, You know, doing mundane things, you know. And that's... I get it. But at the same time, I feel like with this, it it should have had more of an emotional impact.
0: Well, speaking of big heroic moments, Robbie, Master PL, in the climactic battle, runs straight at Anakin and then climbs Anakin and jumps off Anakin's shoulders to leap into the air to take out one of the pesky step bikes. How did you like Master PL going to town in this episode, Robbie?
1: Well, for me... I liked it so much that that is my shot of the episode. Oh! Yeah, that was my favorite sequence. And, I mean, gosh, this whole arc has been full of really, really cool action shots and, you know, fun action. But, yeah, that was my favorite. Just because it was... I just didn't see it coming, you know? This is my third time watching it, right? But I still didn't see it coming, and I loved it. It's just one of those things I just... I, Yeah. It's just a neat way to see a, a Jedi attack.
0: Yeah it sure is Robbie and speaking of action highlights there's a tense scene and this won't be a shot of the episode because I mean we'll get to why it won't be the shot of the episode at the end but there's a tense scene early in the episode with Obi-Wan and PL's team and some shafts and security doors start slamming shut on them and we see one of the clone troopers halfway through one of the openings and then a door swipes shut and blocks our view of him. Then behind that door we hear a muffled metallic thunk and a sound sort of like a bag of jelly has been squeezed <laughs> and popped open maybe and Peel comes through and says they lost another one saying so we know it wasn't a bag of jelly being popped and that's, you know, that can't be the shot of the episode because we don't see it happen but maybe that's the sound of the episode or that it's that thing about sometimes the things that you don't see are more horrifying than the things that you do do see so I thought that was a pretty nicely done moment but what is my favorite shot of the episode is a pretty simple one it's when they're trying to find a way out of the tunnels and Ahsoka finds a hatch so of course we get a shot from outside the hatch of it just lifting up and Ahsoka's eyes just peeping out from inside and I always love when movies or TV shows have a shot of some sort of hatch lifting up and someone peering out just with their eyes. I don't know what it is about those shots, they always charm the heck out of me. And the last note I have before we get to what do we learn from this episode, Robbie, and this is something we haven't ever talked about for some reason, even though the thought has occurred to me pretty much every time I've seen it, is how every time the Jedi's use a lightsaber as a sabersaw. The materials are glowing red hot afterwards. And I have my own kind of, oh be careful moments. More minor than yours because there's no actual risk of death but because I've worked with a lot of power tools and have first hand experience with how hot something can get immediately after you cut it. Even using just regular saws and drills you know in this world and not even a scorching plasma blade of a lightsaber. There's something very evocative and effective about the way they draw those glowing Openings just after a blade cuts through them. I mean, how do you like the way they do that, Robbie? And is there any kind of wincing? Oh, be careful thing. Because imagine you just going through and you brush up against. I know. The side, you know, it's glowing red hot every time.
1: Yes, and I've thought that many times as well. But it's not something that it's a it's a fleeting response for me. Um, but yeah, it's like man, that's a that's that's a pretty tight hole to get through. Yeah. And uh yeah, you know, you don't want to mess up your jacket. Or, uh, you know, or worse, you know, brush up against it, like you said. I mean, fuse to it. Um, No, I've thought that many times. It's kind of interesting that you bring that up because it is something that I've thought many, many, many times.
0: Well, speaking of something that we've thought many times, Robbie, we come to the part of the episode where we think about what did we learn? What did you learn from counterattack?
1: Well, I mean, mine's very simple. If there are security doors, steer clear. Just steer clear of those doors, man. Move quickly. Right. That's one thing about this show, is that sometimes you want them to move quicker than they do. And that's one of these... Uh, it was funny that you brought up, right at, one right after the other, my two big things about the episode. Right. right. <laughs> Evan Peel's, you know, flying Jedi attack and um, the security doors. Because both of those made me extremely... Uh, yeah, one, one was made me excited and then the other one just kind of grossed me out and freaked me out a little bit so there you go that's what i learned
0: well rather than trotting out some kind of uh lesson for the episode robbie in this one i think i'll just say that we relearned something we already knew which was that echo was one heck of a trooper and not just a trooper but an arc trooper and he will be missed and that brings us to the summing up and the rating for the episode robbie Where? Does counterattack sit on that four-star, Robbie scale?
1: While I enjoyed the episode, I don't think it's you know it's top tier for me. I'm probably gonna give this somewhere around like a three point one, <laughs> but how about a three and a quarter? It's not a bad episode at all. It's just I don't think that there's the things that I really like about Star Wars is is character moments and lore and stuff like that. And really the biggest thing character-wise that we get is those those interactions between Anakin and Tarkin. So for me, it's definitely worth watching. It's definitely a, a worthwhile. It's just not one of the top tier ones for me.
0: Yeah, it's the Tarkin and Anakin stuff that really stuck out for me from this episode. And of course, Echo going out. And also really like a Commander R2. All of the Commander R2 moments, Robbie. And I've got Counter-Attack at 7 ones poking up out of a hatch and peering around before they come out out of 10 and that's mission accomplished for season 3 episode 19 counter so robbie won't you please let the troops out there know what are our communications channels
1: sure we are bucho and robbie at gmail twitter and instagram that's b-u-c-h-o-a-n-d-r-o-b-b-y
0: Yes sir, and of course the troops can join us again next time for the 64th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars Chronology Season 3 Episode 20 Citadel Rescue. And until then, this is your old buddy Boot show alongside your trusty pal Robbie, and we are out.
2: Remember, you can support Sending the Clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing this show on iTunes or any other podcast platform and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Robbie at gmail.com.